Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 28th of June. Dave Stanley with you and looking forward to a big show today as we recap the weekend that was on the punt and uh, racing wise and some great performances. We've got Ron Doversy and Dean Lester joining us this morning, as will Mark Van Gestel, uh, the Chief Steward for Racing New South Wales. He's going to join us just on the back of these COVID-19 protocols that were announced late yesterday by Racing New South Wales. And Nathan Exelby will also join us from the BR see as he has in the last couple of weeks after their big group one days of course a big wrap up there with the Tats Tiara and a lot of people talking about incentivise and uh, well the performance of it on Saturday. 13.53.53 is the open line number make sure you give us a call later in the program we'll open those lines up and we'll get as many callers and questions as we can. Just Dino and uh, Duff today. So uh, Glenn Munsey is uh, taking a little break and uh, I think he's uh, relaxing Fingers crossed uh, he got out of Sydney, I think he did, uh, down south, and he's enjoying some time off with his lovely partner. Ron Doversy joins us, uh, as always, on a Monday. Good morning, Duff. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Um, interesting day at Rosehill Gardens on Saturday. We got through it okay. It's uh, uh, Actually, we've got the protocols back in place now, so hopefully we get on top of that shortly in Brisbane. Boy, there were some stories there, this incentivise and... Nathan will be on to talk about that, and Tefane uh, has done a terrific job, Mike, uh, with her to get her back in the zone and winning two two recent Group 1s. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Dean Lester's now Melbourne studio. Morning, Dino. Yeah, morning, Dave. How was your weekend, mate? Uh, it was good. It was, as Duff said, it was exciting watching the Brisbane racing. Uh, the, the carnival finished in a real rush with uh, Incentivise and Tefane. And down here we had Winter Fair. Unfortunately, rail out 12 metres. It was pretty hard to make ground. So it was a little bit frustrating. Uh, it's been a bit of a common theme down here lately. But uh, nonetheless, uh, probably saw a good horse win the first in Jigsaw. I, I think he's a spring sort of horse. Well, the chairman of stewards for Racing New South Wales is Mark Van Gestel. He's been kind enough to join us this morning to kickstart punters post-mortem. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Dave. How are you? Very good. Uh, I know you've been busy, your team, over the last 24 hours, and not just your team. It's been the whole of the Sydney area. All businesses uh, across the land trying to work out uh, what they're going to do in regards to industry participants. But from a racing point of view, could you just highlight uh, for our listeners who haven't seen the press release on the website or don't have access to, say, Twitter, etc., what exactly Racing New South Wales have implemented here for their jockeys and, and uh, also industry participants? Yeah, so probably the most important thing we've done is we've gone to jockey zones as, as we did last year when we had a you know an outbreak in the Sydney area. So we've got two zones. The first of those being in the Greater Sydney area. So jockeys can elect to either ride uh, at race meetings in the Greater Sydney area. So that's all metropolitan tracks, as well as Hawkesbury, Gosford, Wyong, and Campbell Grange. And then outside the Greater Sydney area is all the, all those other remaining tracks. So. Shortly, we'll release a, a list of riders who are who have elected to stay within the Greater Sydney area, and then any other rider who's not nominated there will uh, will ride outside those areas. So that'll necessitate some changes. Um, Tari, today there's some a couple of changes that we're making at the moment uh, of riders who are going to stay within the metropolitan area, um, and also some changes for the Gosford meeting tomorrow. Um, but. Uh, Essentially, those jockeys will have to stay within those zones until such time as those stay-at-home orders have been lifted by the government or 
embracing New South Wales determines that it's uh, it's safe to uh, to come back uh, and uh, sort of have open zones again. Mark, what about horses travelling between zones as far as, well, we've had a few Victorians come to Sydney of late, of a Saturday. Um, is there any restrictions on, on, on that coming forward? No, no, there's no restrictions as long as the persons are travelling for the purposes of work. So that, that's considered to be essential work. So, for instance, at uh, Tari today, um, really persons from the Greater Sydney area going and uh, participating there at that meeting. So as long as they're you know, working there, so there are a trainer or a jockey or a stable hand taking a horse to the races, they're permitted. They're permitted to travel. The only difference will be that uh, you know owners or or patrons who wanted to go there as spectators will not be permitted to go if they're from the Greater Sydney area. So that's probably the the, uh, the um, only change that's been made in respect to you know travel out from the Greater Sydney area. And I'm just reading here in the release yesterday that should the um, the issue continue, and at this stage, Friday, what Friday week is is when obviously these restrictions are hopefully going to be lifted. But if it is to continue, you are going to shift around some race meetings. Yeah, that's right. Um, at this stage, uh, midnight on the 9th of uh, July is the cutoff for the uh, stay-at-home orders for the Greater Sydney area. So if they are extended, the, the meeting that was scheduled for Y on on the 10th. Um, that'll be moved to Newcastle, so it's outside the Greater Sydney area. And then if it continues on after that, the meeting on the 17th at uh, Kemper Grange will be shifted to Goulburn. And that's just to ensure that we have sufficient riders to participate in that meeting because we, we won't have enough riders within the Greater Sydney area to serve as two meetings. So we'll, we'll uh, have to move those meetings. And if it continues on further, we'll, we'll make you know, necessary changes down the track. But uh, they're the two ones we foreshadowed, you know, which will be the immediate concerns if, if the uh, stay-at-home orders are extended. And what about, um, see these N95 surgical masks, that you're saying these cloth masks are no longer acceptable? Yeah, that's our, that's our um, advice from the experts. That, so this Delta strain, as we've seen, is, uh, is uh, airborne and uh, the cloth masks, unfortunately, are not uh, um, effective in uh, preventing you know, the Delta strain from spreading. So yeah, our expert advice is that... Um, the gold standard is the, uh, the N95 masks, which have been uh, manufactured at the, especially to, you know, to combat this, this type, style of virus. But if they can't be available at a minimum, the, the surgical masks that we see, the disposable ones that have you know, been in, in uh, circulation you know, since COVID started. So look, we're in the process of uh, trying to source some of those face masks for the, for the industry, but uh, at a minimum, the, the surgical masks should be worn. Mm, okay, that's that's very interesting, Mark. You've obviously uh, been steering this ship in terms of uh, when we had that first national lockdown. Um, I mean, Dean Less on the line. Victoria have been no, um, they you know we've been going through what they've been going through. But is this of a bit more concern because we keep seeing every so hours, you know, new places of interest in terms of hotspots popping up. Um, you know, jo- jockeys aren't in a bubble, so to speak, are they? They can still go to their local Woolworths and, and you know, live. Um, but is it more concerned here, this one, because it seems to be popping up everywhere? Yeah, look, it, it is concerning. I mean, we've just got to be fluid with the way we adapt to these circumstances. Like, for instance, uh, you know, one of the, the racing hotels, the Doncaster Hotel, was uh, considered to be a, uh, you know, a close or casual contact uh, for persons that were there last Wednesday. So we've had to move quickly and, you know, speak to a number of participants that might have been there, you know, at that particular time. So matter of getting notification to the industry and it's about you know the um 
participants being sensible in terms of, uh, you know, being out in the community, you know, only going out for, you know, essential purposes. You know, even the Greater Sydney area, that's the only reason we can we can leave home at the moment is to, you know, to go to the shops and get get essential items or to uh, to travel to work. So we're just asking all of our participants, you know, to be sensible in that regard. And, you know, everyone has been, you know, um, very compliant in terms of what we'd asked uh, up to date and uh, that's how the industry's been able to continue to, to move forward. So, you know, we're just hoping that, uh, you know, our uh, participants continue to be compliant in that regard. Appreciate you coming on this morning, Mark. Uh, for those that are interested in seeing that release, I'd head to the Racing New South Wales website, and I'm sure as it all uh, continues to develop here, um, you guys will be sending us whatever information we need to know. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Dave. Mark Van Gessel there. Uh, gents, I mean, Dino, you've been through this uh, down in Melbourne, but it, I think the message that uh, that you guys, I remember when you guys went into lockdown, was it's just all common sense. If we all do the right thing, um, we can get on with it, and fingers crossed we can uh, continue racing, etc. Exactly right, Dave. Uh, in, and I think I said it uh, at the time that I think the racing industry's a little bit better prepared for it in lots of ways because we lived through EI and we had such mm. strict protocols in that era of 2007, 2008. And uh, in in lots of ways, we're just, you know, we're revisiting it. The rest of the world's uh, got to uh, up, yeah, comply. And, uh, yeah, it's look, it, it's certainly not ideal, but it, it's got to be done and, uh, and, and try and stamped out. And uh, Duff, just in relation, that was uh, that was what I was going to go into with the the horse movement because of obviously this Saturday, or not this Saturday. Um, actually, no, it is this Saturday uh, with where we get to see you know uh, Midways come into town. I thought, okay, what about these Newcastle horses, etc.? But those horses can still enter with those staff. Obviously, that's essential work, and they'll be following protocols, etc. Yeah, that's all been cleared up now, and um, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a common sense approach, which I think. The whole industry here is um, handled pretty well, and you see some of these stables at the track now with their staff and that they're they're right on top of of everything and uh, following all the the guidelines. So um, w- let's hope uh, everything runs smoothly for the next couple of weeks, and we we can pick it up again. Nathan Exelby joins us from the BRC. Good morning, Nathan. Hey, Dave. How are you going? Very good, mate. I just see that there's been an announcement um, in relation to a bit of COVID. Uh, restrictions in uh, southeast Queensland. I see the barrier trials are off at the Sunshine Coast and masks coming into southeast Queensland from early tomorrow morning, mate. Yeah, I just caught the beginning of the Premier's press conference. Yeah, so the next two weeks, masks will need to be worn in certainly the southeast corner of the state. And um, I think they've brought in the new four square, one person per four square metre rule. Well, they've gone back to that rule as well. So um, we'll see things roll out later in the day from Racing Queensland as to how that affects um, patrons on, on race course and also how how meetings are conducted. A wonderful performance from Tefane. We'll start with the Group 1. Um, geez, he can ride. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about Craig Williams, but uh, just another peach. And obviously he's got the cattle underneath him, but um, just superstar, mate. Yeah, and he and Michael Carl both went out and walked the track 20 minutes before the TR. Obviously, they walked the track before the meeting, but they went again. That sort of underlines the level of professionalism. And he certainly uh, he pointed the radar where he wanted to be on the track, and uh, he made sure he got there, and, and she was good enough to, to take advantage of it. And she's just had a terrific carnival. And back to Mayor's grade, she was well-placed, and, and putters found her 
Dean, I'll come to you. Oh, oh, sorry, Duff. I'll just come to you here, Dean. I'm just on um, Mike Maroney um, as a wonderful trainer there in Victoria. And I must admit, I did love the passion from Paul Maroney on social media on Saturday night. He goes, my brother Mike has trained 52 Group 1 winners in between us. We have supported New Zealand breeders, buying huge numbers at New Zealand sales for 35 years. But I watch many New Zealand breeders racing horses in Australia from many other stables, but not his. Go figure. We have never been pushy people, maybe to a fault, but you expect more loyalty, respect and support given the results and major spend. Much more by several times than those they choose to support. It's a conundrum I really can't answer, but it's disappointing. Um, look, the, the, he's been a wonderful asset to Victorian racing and they do it season after season producing wonderful horses. Yeah, he doesn't have big numbers by, uh, you know, by the, the modern day standards, Dave, but uh, the the quality's there, and as you said, there's a, there's always a Group One horse or two there, and and always the big, uh, yeah, in the big time. And uh, this means a bit of a fascination to me because she's only had the four runs beyond twelve hundred now, and she's won three Group Ones and the BR Sprint placing with the the big weight. She's out of a Galileo mare, so I'm, I'm suspecting that uh, you know a mile and even further might be tried in the spring. I remember you saying years ago, or a couple of years ago, that uh, she was just too aggressive in her races. That's why yep. she she didn't sp- uh, step up in brist- uh, distance. So she's she's been work in progress for a long, long time. Yeah, and and you often yeah you'll read on Twitter, let fast horses be fast, and that's all well and good. But uh, when horses need to learn a craft, and that's what she's learned, and you watch how she raced on Saturday, and that's that that's the culmination of probably two and a half years of really hard work and uh and you know craig williams has been able to just you know point her in the direction he's wanted to at her past couple and get the results you know that they're, they're getting he's been the star of the carnival craig williams he has oh. just plotted the path of every eagle farm meeting so professionally and and uh, i watched him the first few weeks there and, and had a chat to him between races and everything he said to me has worked out exactly how it'd work out um, and how he rode the track and whatever like that so he is an absolute genius no matter what you think of him mm. he oh, is absolutely it, it, do, i mean he's obviously going to go back to melbourne but um gee one day you know you never know we might see him based up there in queensland he seemed to really enjoy himself in that part of the world with his um you know getting that that pass away from his family and um, I think he mentioned to Bernie, he said, oh, I might be back here one day with the family. I love it here in Queensland. So you never know what's uh, down the track. Um, Incentivise, Nathan. What was the uh, what was it visually like, again, to be standing there watching him? Because on television, um, you know, he, he blew them away. We had to get another camera. <coughs> yeah, we'd happily take Craig Williams, by the way. <laughs> um, um, I just I'd get lost for words talking about this horse incentivise. We saw it two, three starts back now at Eagle Farm where he put the margin on and I was interested to see how he would adapt on Saturday when the test was put to him by a couple of horses that actually had genuine group form even if they weren't at their best and, and that test came at the 600. I thought, oh, let's see what he's got and um, off he goes again. It's uh, quite remarkable to watch and from a Queensland perspective, I hope those market framers are are right. I think there tends to be always an overreaction in the way these markets change so quickly. But, you know, from our point of view, it's exciting to have a horse like this. And we haven't had a Cups contender come out of Queensland probably since Oompala would be the last one who placed behind Jern back in 94. He's just amazing 
how long a run you can make on this horse. It's it's. Uh, I hope they don't try and mess with his pattern and try and uh, ride a race on him one day. <laughs> uh, well, who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, he he you you sit there and you he gets to the seven hundred and he goes and you shake your head. What's going on here? And he doesn't seem like he's like a push button, but he just keeps winding, winding, grinding. Such a big action, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a, an amazing individual horse. He's um, he, he will add a lot of interest, especially if he comes out and runs well first up in Melbourne. He's going to add a lot of interest to the Spring Carnival. I wonder if that's how Peter Moody was selected as maybe training, because he, yes. he would have that philosophy of just letting him roll. No, no doubt. No doubt, you know, some other trainers might say, that's not my style. Yeah, it'll just harness um, him. Yeah. yeah, and then think they can do something brilliant with him uh, as far as taking a sit and come with one surging run on straightening. But he's just got a different, there's a different way about him. Mm. Um, Dino, from data and stats, etc. and I don't know if you've got the ones from Eagle Farm this week, but even if you don't, I mean, we know it's going to be jumping off the page but I think I asked you this last week as too like does he stack up data wise as a horse that you know that, that should be racing in, in future group races or does he still need to take another couple of steps oh look the progression's certainly there Dave there's no doubt about that and uh, he's um, his ability to be so strong at the end of races and, and we saw it on Saturday getting onto the the uh, the bigger track at Eagle Farm as opposed to Ipswich was the the way that those long legs start pumping and he just gets stronger and stronger and uh, that's the recurring theme in all of uh, all of the figures in every run that uh, he can maintain this uh, as as Duff said it's not hard to see that it's a relentless gallop but it's also maintained on the on the uh, time figures as well. Are we having a laugh or are the tab having a laugh by having him Caulfield Cup favourite, gents? Well, it's probably um, it's it's the old story. He's the he's the name on everyone's lips, and uh, they're not hard to lay these horses. So um, you're in the business as laying laying them as short as you can. So he's uh, mm. not the type I'd be charging in at nine dollars to win a Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. Well, nine dollars or something in each race. But who knows uh, if if, uh, if he continues to improve, what price he might start? Yeah, it is the year though with this uncertainty of the internationals that uh, I think the punters will really gravitate to current domestic form uh, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen with, uh, with you know, who'll, who'll take the risk and, you know, bring the horses over for centigrafies and things like that. So, uh, you know, I think that's why you know, he's probably a, uh, nearly a, a worthy favourite because he's the, the informed young stayer here and now, yeah. whereas we, there's the unknown of the internationals. No, I see ra- Racing Victoria brought the nominations forward uh, just to get some sort of guide as far as uh, bringing the nominations for the Caulfield Melbourne Cups forward to, well, I think it's August 4 or something. August 4, yeah. that was the recommendation. Uh, of you know, that that's been out for many weeks. It just got highlighted over the weekend, but uh, it was in one of those recommendations. I don't think anyone got past the scintigraphies and things like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the original Melbourne Cup entries used to be the first week in June, so uh, we you know we have yeah, fluctuated yeah. over the journey. Uh, so yeah, I, I think first week in August, since the internationals were coming sort of uh, in the early two thousands, that's where it was. So um, yeah, it's back to back to where it was. Okay. Gee, there's a lot of. Uh 
you know, nice cattle that uh, out of sight, out of mind, when you just look at this Caulfield Cup market, like incentivise $8 and favourite, and that's across the board, mm. I think, with most um, most bookies in the country. Now, Popper at 13 is his second favourite. Um, from an Australian point of view, uh, you've got Explosive Jack. You'd think that that's the trajectory he would be on. Very mm. Elegant is $21 in the marketplace and $6 a place. Jeez, if she was to, to get back to where she was, I know she'd have to carry a lot of weight. Uh, Amaralina at $26, Colette 26 Dallasan, Duas, uh, Hungry Heart, Ironclad. What have we got? Cherry Tortoni. Well, you've, you don't think Cherry Tortoni will run a strong 12 furlongs, do you, um, Dino? He won't, even, he won't even be on that path, nah. I wouldn't think, Dave. I think you'll, you'll see him maybe in an Epsom, maybe in a Cantala, Turek Handicap, those races. You know, Golden Eagle, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't think you'll see him anywhere near a uh, Caulfield Cup. Yeah, it, it, it's just a, for me, incentivise has never been that way. And we know that Caulfield can be so tricky as well with these type of horses. That's my thing with him. The, the big tracks have really been where he's, yeah, you know, I know he won a dip switch, but that was a restricted race. But, uh, you know, the times he's got to Eagle Farm and really pumped the legs. And when you go back, I don't know if you have Duff and watch his restricted wins at the Sunshine Coast. The deeper he got into the races, the better he went there too. So, you know, from back. Uh, so he, he loves those you know big tracks. So Caulfield will be an interesting challenge for him. I think if it's not him, the, it's a bit of an old-style Caulfield Cup that maybe a four-year-old mare's in play and, you know, Juarez uh, or um, Am- um, the um, New Zealand filly. Amaralina. Uh, Amaralina. Yep. Uh, they're the sort of two I'd be looking at. Um, Hungry but, Heart uh, is an interesting filly. And Hungry time. Heart, of course. Yeah. Is she, but is she maybe... Golden Eagle, or should we just lengthened out again? Who knows? Yep. Uh, Nathan, you're still on the line. Uh, Nathan, next will be from the mm. BRC. Um, away game. Very good in that uh, Healy Stakes uh, to, to wrap up the day there. Yeah, she was. I think significant. Her best from mine prior to Saturday was the, the Magic Millions, where she was ridden a little bit quietly as well. Since that Magic Millions day, she's been right on speed, and she's still got that great record, but I think just riding it quietly on Saturday was a key and she was able to really find the line just as she did when she won the Magic Millions that day. I think this Battle of the Bush has been a real winner for Queensland Racing. It has and you know, no, matter, no matter who won the race, um, it was always going to be a good story but the fact that you know they'll drive 16 hours to get to this race, 16 heats all around the state, it's a pretty big state and it takes a, a fair commitment but these are horses that are running around for five and eight thousand dollars most weeks, Ron, and to have two hundred thousand dollars put in front of them is um, you know, unheard of. So uh, it, it creates a great atmosphere, and I think you know, congratulations to David Reynolds. He, he stuck with Wendy Peel there, and, and and she was able to get the job done for him. Um, we we all know how how successful our country races of big races have gone, uh, but I think when you look at Queensland. Bush racing, it's 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 a, it's a wider expanse, and some of those tracks are unbel- unbelievable <laughs> that they, that they come from. You can't even watch the replays with the sand coming back. But uh, I, I think it's that's what racing's all about. It uh, it really like it's worked here, and probably works in Victoria as well. But but Queensland, it's a whole different situation altogether. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Nathan, before we let you go, mate, um, so we're off to the Sunshine Coast this weekend. 
Yeah, you sort of wonder where they're interested to see the noms today for the 2,400-metre cup. They've got to run out soon, these horses. It's been thin for a couple of weeks now, but the Glasshouse will be a really good betting race there, and the, the Wings Guineas at Group 3 level uh, rounds out the last chance for the three-year-olds to get some, some more black type before they go up against all comers next year. So I, I, I really like this meeting as a good way to round out the carnival every year, and you know there'll be, there'll be good numbers there, maybe the cup aside, um, and... Look forward to trying to find a winner there. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, you've been a big help over the last couple of weeks with this Brisbane Carnival, and we'll talk during the week on Racing HQ. Cheers, Dave. Nathan X will be there from the BRC. We'll take a break. It's 9.31. We're going to open up the uh, the phone lines too. So if you've got a question for Dino or a question for Duff, 13.53.53 is the open line number. The boys will fire away uh, anything you've got for them over the weekend. Maybe you saw a sneaky run of a horse in Melbourne you want to ask Dino, do it right now, 13.53.53. Tim Newbold on becoming top dog. When initially I was told, I thought, oh, geez, but then PA rang me that afternoon to tell me, you know, and he, he said, oh, I want you to go into that role. He said, you're perfect for the role. And that gave me a big boot. So I thought, well, oh, we might as well have a crack at it. I don't want to regret it. If things uh, go the wrong way, I can always go back into the producing roles. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. He is Snitzel's best ever two-year-old and champion two-year-old colt of his generation. He is Invader, winner of the Group 1 ATC Sires Produce Stakes. Invader's coming hard on the outside. Invader quickly moves up and Invader goes on to win the English Sires. Standing the 2021 season at Aquas Queensland for 20,000 plus GST. For more information on Invader, contact JD or PK from the Aquas sales team or visit aquasfarm.com. Like Loz's Multi, does your punters club still need all the help it can get? The guys at Sticky Wings are kicking on with their support of punters clubs in pubs and clubs with free chicken wings every week. Get Sticky on the punt by registering your details at stickywings.com.au and the Sticky crew will be in touch. Sticky Wings, the official chicken wing sponsor of punters clubs. Keep an area for the next big announcement for punters. Stickywings.com.au the Tab Everest. Lost and running, struck the front from Married to the Mob. Out wider, Dane Brook runs on late, but Lost and running, got away here, 100 metres left to run, 3-4 clear. Penza has a good look around, it's all over the first. Lost and running, won it by five. Pretty exciting this game. Had a bit on those. Lost and running. Lost and running's a length clear from 11-11. Then True Detective and Bandersnatch, but Lost and running really started to go through his gears. And he's drawing clear of the Luskin Star Stakes. Beats True Detective. The Tab Everest, Saturday, October 16. Another one for Lost and running. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Uh, you're with uh, Ron Duffy, Dean Lester, Dave Stanley on Punter's Postmortem. And uh, give us a call, 1353 is the open line number. If you have a question for Dean Lester or Ron Duffy on this Monday morning, plenty of texts coming in here. And uh, Duff, uh, it's in relation to your thoughts on uh, the winner of the first in Brisbane, Tudakaka. Very short price favourite. It was a small field in a uh, in the two-year-old race, but 
Uh, from hearing the audio there on Sky Thoroughbred Central on the weekend, it sounded like uh, they were keen to have J-Mac in the saddle. Well, J-Mac was booked, and they're thinking of a Victorian derby down the track with Tutakaka. Yeah, he's a nice horse. I saw him when I was up there, and, um, you know, he beat up what was a very, very ordinary field there on Saturday. Uh, but he stepped it up, and he always looked like a staying, staying type. And Tony, Tony Pike's a very astute man. He knows a horse. He knows where he wants to head with a horse. He knows what level they can get to. And um, yep, they've obviously got spring plans for him. And uh, look, I, I don't know whether he's going to be competitive under a mile at the top level. But I think uh, something like the VRC Derby could could be a, a nice little target for a horse like him. He, he, he surged through the line there on Saturday and, and did a good job, but he hasn't been in a real field yet. Uh, Dino, question here on no effort, which won that 10 furlong race, the seventh on the card. Uh, and want to know your thoughts too on Luna Flair for the big stable uh, in its run. Yeah, well, she, she was probably disadvantaged by the, the way the day was panning out, Dave, and I think she's a better Flemington horse as well. That's the other thing. So Luna Flair was a forgiven, no efforts flying. She's been advantaged by, you know, on pace tracks, but that's what she does. She rolls along on wet tracks. She's stayed down in the weights. Good training by Gavin Bedgegood. And you know, she's ticked over half a million in prize money now for a mare that I think she took about 16 starts to win a race. It's quite remarkable that uh, she's still, you know, probably still going, you know, Upwards, uh, you know, I think uh, she might have a freshen up and a little fly at some of the mares' races over spring. In Sydney, Duff, um, I just wanted to know your thoughts on the winner of the first. Um, yep, yeah, Petito Ruby. I um, had my eye on her to uh, back her in a highway the week before, and I thought she was a good thing. And uh, it was probably a wise move in retrospect, waiting for for this race, uh, Brett. So. She'd had excuses in her two highway runs leading in, and I, you know, she just had to tick off a 1,300-metre box there because she had a 900-metre form in a previous prep. But when um, when she resumed this preparation, it was at 1,200, and I thought she was outstanding doing a bit of work up front, admittedly at highway level, and then uh, they they fiddled with the gear. I think they might have put muffs or something on her, and she she went back to last at a second start, and I thought it was at a second up, I should say, and I thought it was a much better run than it read on paper, and she proved that on Saturday, third, back up to 1,300 metres, took a sit, and finished it right off. Uh, she only had 51.5 on her back, uh, but she, yeah, she's very, she's pretty talented. Let's get to Robbo, who's on the line. Morning, Robbo. How are we, boys? All right? Very good, mate. What's your question? Um, well, it's not so much a question as a bit of a... A query, um, I took the early odds on, uh, what's it, Aiden, um, in the Tiara, Mick Price's horse. Right. Uh, and I took it after your interview with um, with uh, Mick Price, and I already had him in my black book, and the thing that really swayed me was that James McDonald was on. And then Saturday morning, and there's nothing anybody could do, um, the jockeys are sent home. Yeah, you know, that makes a big difference to yeah your thinking. If if they put another jockey on, and I'm backing it because uh, McDonald was really that was his express purpose of going up there to ride that horse. Uh, what do you think about that, boys? Yeah, well, that's that's just bad luck, really, the way the um, things unfolded with the COVID and whatever, and, and the government wouldn't let the Sydney jockeys ride there. 
And uh, yeah, it's disappointing if you backed it early and, and probably couldn't get off, but that happens. You know, jockeys get sick during race day and you've got to put up with jockey changes. It's part and parcel of gambling, really. Um, not that that can help you if you if you think, you know, you, you've backed it because McDonald's was on board. Uh, so sometimes you've got to cop that stuff. Yeah, it becomes a costly exercise, though, when you... Um yeah, but there's nothing we can do about it, as I said. And, and you're right, Ron, when you say, you know, jockey change uh, for whatever reason on race day. Um, but when you're doing this pre-paste and this seems just uh, one out of the blue, um, I, I still don't understand why they were sent home. But anyway, that's the way it is. Uh, just have to take it on the chin and, and put some more money in the tab account. <laughs> thanks, thanks, As Robert. we do. Yeah, <coughs> it was I, don't a, it w- the, I don't think the pre-post betting was involved in the pandemic somehow. But anyway. No. Uh, it, and I don't, was, think it, yeah. I don't think it would have won anyway with, with McDonald's. No, it went poor. Yeah, yeah, it did go poor. It was interesting, though, that they were... Um, I'm not, I'm not an uh, infectious disease expert, but, uh, I mean, they were all... I, I can tell you, they were all at the footy the night before, those jockeys, uh, mm. watching the Brisbane Lions... They're all having, you know, breakfasts and stuff together. So they're out in the community and then sent home and it just all, I don't know, uh, it just all happened and and they're back. So anyway, um, from that race, there's a couple of questions here on some of the beaten brigade. What did we think of the Godolphin runners, Savatiano, Flit, and we'll throw Lyra in there as well as it was carrying the Godolphin colours, Duffel Dino, who goes? Look, I thought they all ran well. Um, I think I don't think we can come out of the race and say anything was really unlucky, um, other than probably some horses not being probably on the perceived best part of the track. Uh, Nudge got into had to come up the inside there, and she was back in distance. And after getting a bit of a rev up, then she wanted to over race, and then she found that that bit of a speed hump halfway down the straight where she protested and got the protest. So you could make a little case that she should have got, uh, could have got a little bit closer. But all in all, it was just a worthy winner. It was just a worthy winner and a good ride and and uh, a class mare. And the good thing about her is she's going to race on, whereas this race is often you know, where, where their careers end and so many of those mares stuff we won't see again. Certainly, I wouldn't think the Godolphin, well, I know... Uh, uh, that Lyre certainly retired. I don't know about Flit and Savatiano, but uh, you know, a lot of these we'll never see again. No. So she she's going to run another race another season, is she? Tofane? Yes. Oh, well, she'll certainly race all spring, and and uh, you know I don't know if they try and put her in foal over spring, but she's certainly you know they're talking you know Empire Roses and yeah, maybe even okay. a Cox Plate. Yeah. Who yeah, knows? Still a chance she races or well, gets in foal this year anyway. Yeah. What did we make uh, in Melbourne, Dino, of I'm Thunderstruck? Uh, if you backed I'm Thunderstruck, it was a 1440-metre race and you're in trouble after about 40 metres. So uh, he just he broke poorly and got in a terrible spot. And uh, then uh, Mark Zara tried to do something about it, be proactive, and he came out. And Damien Lane was sitting back last, watching it all unfold and duck through on the inside where you wanted to be. And... Uh, uh, and got the prize. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck ran okay. If you took the dollar sixty, that's no sort of uh, compensation that he ran okay. But yeah, he, he just things didn't go right for him, and I still think he's the best horse in that race. All right, beautiful. We'll take another break, guys. On uh, Punters Post Mortem, the phone lines are open. Give us a call if you've got a question for Ron Duffersey or Dean Lester. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is that open line number. 
Cab, we're on a mission to deliver punters confidence they're getting the best price. Introducing The Lock, a new feature on your Tab app. Just activate it when placing a tote win bet, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, we'll pay you the difference in cash. The Lock, new on your Tab app. Download today. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents, available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website, gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1-800-858-858. The Putters Panel is the Punter's Pal. Big shout out to the Punter's Panel. The horse that interests me, but I was hoping he'd avoid Blondo second up, was Iron Power. I thought he ran it. Did a super job first up in his first go in Australia. Ramstein at the 300, still several lengths clear from Iron Power giving chase, and Blondo's two lengths further back. It's Ramstein just in front. Iron Power levels up the outside, and Power got the money. The Putters Panel, 9 o'clock Friday morning on Racing HQ, Sky Sports Radio. Like Loz's Multi, does your punters club still need all the help it can get? The guys at Sticky Wings are kicking on with their support of punters clubs in pubs and clubs with free chicken wings every week. Get Sticky on the punt by registering your details at stickywings.com.au and the Sticky crew will be in touch. Sticky Wings, the official chicken wing sponsor of punters clubs. Keep an area for the next big announcement for punters. Stickywings.com.au the Punters Panel is the Punters Pal. Big shout out to the Punters Panel. My thoughts on the Scone Cup, guys. I think he'll nearly just win, Lumian. I just think he's absolutely oh. airborne. Uh, he's a better horse second up. He loves a mile. I'm, I'm pretty keen, to be honest. No, I thought he was very, very hard to beat. 100 to go. Lumian has burst to the front from Looks Like Elvis, who can't stay with him. And Lumian is drawing away to win the Scone Cup. The Punters Panel, 9 o'clock Friday morning on Racing HQ, Sky Sports Radio. This is Punter's Postmortem. Want to get something off your chest? Call us on 13 53 53 SMS 0419 767 272 or send us a tweet at Sky Sports Radio 1. Yeah, you're on Punter's Postmortem with uh, Dean Lester, Ron Darvacy and Dave Stanley uh, and we're Opening the lines up, 13.53.53, if you've got a question for one of our panel today. Um, this one comes back to you, uh, Dino. What did you make of the run of Irish songs in the last? Uh, Irish songs was um, okay on a day where, as I said, it was hard to uh, hard to make uh, a lot of ground in that race. Uh, the favourite, Pintoff, the, the scratchings in the morning meant that it was the only leader, got a very easy time of it, and uh, there was a group at, you know, at the back that was, just had no chance. So, yeah, it was neither a, a good nor a bad run Irish songs. It was just, you know, the way you know, that race panned out. Pintoff led Whipcrack away. Uh, riding with the wave was the only one that dropped off of that lead group. Otherwise, the race didn't change. Beautiful. Rod's on the line. Good morning, Rod. Hello. Uh, could I speak to Dino, please? Yes, mate. Yes, Rod. Hello, Dino. What did you think about Malkovich's win down in Melbourne, carrying 61 kilo with a 54 limit? Outstanding. Uh, and uh, he was just better, just better horse. He, he sat three wide, but that wasn't a bad thing to do. But he's just better than that grade. Uh, he's a beauty, isn't he? Uh, good short course horse. Duff seems to handle all conditions. And, uh, yeah, when it was he was in for the fight, he just wanted to win. Yeah, he's a, tip- yeah, he's just a typical... Yeah, he's just a typical tough on pacer, isn't he, Rod? Yeah, I think he's got a future, that horse. Carrying such a big weight. 
Well, he's got yeah. a good win. He's got a good winning strike rate. He's won. I think he's won fifty percent of all these races. So he's yeah. a typical Bjorn Baker type of horse. Uh, Bjorn's are, likes to have him up there on the speed, and they fight, and that's the way they're taught to race. A little, little bit like the T.J. Smith Waterhouse style, and uh, they get more results more often than not. Beautiful, Rod. Thanks for your call. Uh, a couple of texts here, Duff. About, uh, well, he's no longer your mate, why where he falls um, in race number five, who was a good go, and it, look, he did look on paper the one, but he's just, um, is he genuine? No, I don't know, he was awful. He was awful on Saturday. He's, um, if he held his form, or run anywhere near his form, he, he should be, he should have beaten that field. He was, he was, you know, a little bit flat out the back there, but he found a good spot trailing into the race three deep with cover. They went quick enough for him, and I just have to put it down that he didn't back up. He he, he backed up from week to week there, and he was very flat. So uh, one of the flops of the day, but I'd suggest he didn't run to form and he didn't back he didn't back up. What do we make of the winner, Meg? Interesting. She's a filly from New Zealand um, who. She's had what's well, a third run, I think, in Australia now, and she's she's pretty good. She 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 you know she's gone through a classes quite nicely. I'm a big rap for this uh, young apprentice, Ellen Hennessy, um, who's um, got a good style about her, and she's strong and she rides light. I'm keen to to follow her progress over the next uh, twelve months or so because I think she's got got a lot of talent. Mm, certainly does. Uh, interesting. When I spoke with Maddie Dale about Megan before the, the Wagga run, he just said that uh, you know these colours are, are quite you know famous in New Zealand. They've they've carried some nice horses, and it was just purely owners chasing some better money. Um, so they've certainly got a return. That's for sure. He's got himself a good client there because I think uh, I don't know if the filly in the first was the same owners or not. No, no, that was uh, that's one of uh, James Harron's maybe key. So I. Uh, yeah, she's she's another one, but she's he's got a couple of New Zealand horses there, uh, Matt. So he maybe he's got a good client. Back to Melbourne, Dino. Um, and a couple of questions here on uh, the sixth. Uh, no, not the sixth. Sorry, the fifth race. Sorry, the, the sixth race. Sorry, me. I was clicking the wrong button on Riser. It's absolute flirt. Won this, but they wanted to know you if you thought Shazzy was a good run and to follow. Shazzy was a good run. Uh, she's. Bit of a switch around horse, Shazzy. She used to go a bit keen over 11, 1200 metres and she won at 1300 last start, came back to the 1100 on Saturday and was just a little bit beaten for speed. And then when the runs, she needed runs at the crucial stage, she just got balked, not a lot, like it wasn't a severe blocking, but she just didn't get a chance to really build her momentum. I thought she ran well and I think there's a thought she might back up in the 1400 metre Leilani final, finals day this Saturday at Flemington. So, um, she wouldn't be hopeless in that. She looks. I would never have thought of her as a fourteen hundred metre horse, but this preparation, she seems a lot more relaxed, and and maybe she'll run fourteen hundred. We got Jeff on the line. Morning, Jeff. Uh, yeah, g'day, Dave. Yeah, I just wanted to discuss. Laurie Daly brought up the use of the whip this morning, and I just wanted to say that a few years ago, I got hit with the new jockey's whip on my arm as hard as they could hit me. And I hardly felt a thing. I think that the that it's grossly exaggerated the pain that any horses are supposedly going through with the use of the whip. I was just wondering whether Ronnie had ever felt the whip on his arm or his leg or anything like that to see how ineffective it really is. 
100% Jeff, 100%. Uh, the, the old whips were, were, were you know, like a cane with a, a, you know, it, a, heavy, a heavy leather strap on the end of it. Now it's a piece of foam like a, a, a dishwashing piece of, of foam. So that I, I, I could, you, you could hit me across the back with a whip and it, I, I, I doubt whether it'd leave much of a mark. Um, and people don't understand that. The, the difference in uh, the whip, you know, it's getting to the stage where we don't want to be calling it a whip, uh, but it's hard to take bad habits away as far as, far as the, the way we talk about it. Uh, but it's cheese and chalk compared to the old days. Cheese and chalk, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's more of a, a, the sound that it makes that uh, you know, puts the, maybe springs the horse into action rather than exactly, feeling. Exactly, Ronnie. Yeah. Well, Rather well, than, than feeling anything. Yeah, yeah, Brett Preble's company makes the whips. Uh, and there I go again, calling it whips. And the company's called Persuader. So that's that's what the, he wants it to be. So, yeah, you know, and that, that would be, that's exactly what it is it, it, because it's nothing like the old whip. No. Yeah, because uh, the old whip was made out of whalebone, wasn't it? Exactly right. It's oh, a, and then fiberglass. And, and fiberglass. Yeah. They had all sorts of whips. But whalebone. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's the. The new way with the the persuaders these days is just completely different, very horse friendly, even people friendly. Um, It'd be like yeah, uh, you know, like you know, handling a proper football and then handling kids' nerf ball. Yeah, you know, like that's yeah. how soft they are in comparison. Are we all in agreement? Thanks, thanks, for that mate, uh, Dino and Duff. Are we all in agreement that to to tackle this issue, we can't go one out in certain areas or have different rules. I know there was a, an article what that was on RaceNet last night about um, Brendan Parnell sort of saying he, he's the boss of Racing Queensland that you know they will lobby Racing Australia for a universal um, reform under uh, the uh, the new uh, leadership of John Massara that you know that you can't sort of have little pockets of different rules. You just got to have one blanket right across. Do we are we in agreement with that? Well, I'd be in agreement for everyone to be on the same page as looking, having a real good look at the old style whip and then getting in a room and saying, this is what we're working with here these days compared to when we we're working with, don't you think we've come a long way and come far enough to say, you know, we'd be close to, you know, world leaders? Um, um, and watch like the 1990 Melbourne Cup, and watch the 2020 Melbourne right. Cup, and watch the self-regulatory of the jockeys, just the way they go about it. Hundred percent. It's just, it's just a, it's common sense, and we've got to get people that have been involved in the industry to talk it out. And say instead of the new people coming in and thinking, oh, look at this whip, it's, and then you say, look, this is where we were, and this is where we are now. How far do we want to go? How how far do we want to bend over? Yeah. My problem with it is that the tail wags the dog. People that don't have a racing interest decide that they want to complain and we become reactionary. We should be proactive and say, this is how it is. We've really self-regulated. Look, I've got no interest in the arts. I've got no interest in other things. So I'm not going to tell people about their interests. Yet we seem to pander to people who don't really have an interest in racing but want to have a comment and so we then we get all reactionary. Let's get yeah. proactive on the front foot and make a stand. Make it. This is this is how our sport is, and we have really regulated it. And let's make it. Let's make it work. Yeah. In that article too. I mean, um, and we'll get to our next caller. But you know, they, the key point was made about um, 
you know, that Craig Williams, obviously, you can see him holding the whip in his right hand, um, or the persuader, in, with Tefane's eye level, just an attempt to get her to, to head left. Um, exactly. So, I mean, the perfect example of how, you know, it was used as a tool of trade as a steering option. Uh, I think we've got Kurt on the line. Morning, Kurt. Morning, Dave, Ronnie, Dino. Trust you all well, boys. Don't you Kurt? Good, tired What's after the uh, Carra races, Kurt, the last two nights? Oh, I watched the majors. Fired up about what, Dino? Oh, no, just tired. Just tired. Oh, mate, oh, I'm, don't worry, but I caught up this week during the week that just passed. But, Ronnie, how yes, early are you going to be starting on Saturdays from now on, mate? You're going to be yeah. out there at Sparrows. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Kurt. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long, long Saturday from the time we start radio to the time we finished replays on Saturday night. But, yep, we'll see how that... How are you going to fit it all in, um, Duff? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get some tips off Munsey. He, he, might, he, might, he might be able to help me out. But, uh, well, yeah. Ron? Y- yes, Kurt? I got one for you. Remember I told you about Rocketing By? Yes. Hopefully it's going to Caloundra because now it's got the subsequent Bella Nipotina form. Mm-hmm. It's got the Malkovich form. I mean, yep. please, if this thing can't win at Caloundra, then Matt Dunn's got a bit of a problem, I say. Rocketing By, okay. We'll see if he's uh, in the noms today. So, yep, might be a nice race for him. And Ron, also, mate, do you remember how I phoned up and was saying uh, Jennifer Eccles was my Cox plate horse last year? Just like you were talking about earlier on this morning about the about you know the less contingencies of uh, imports coming over. Well, hopefully she's come in. She's going to come in better than she's gone out. And I wouldn't be throwing her, you know, on the tip saying no chance. How okay. much? Have you, how much cash have you got, Kurt? Stakes, mate. Why? Well, well, mate, about an hour ago there was a tweet, Jennifer Eccles to be auctioned. The 2020 New Zealand Oaks winner. How much? uh, And Philly, well, it's an auction. I've got no idea. Have they started? No, it's on there. It's it's on uh, Twitter. If you search for Adrian Clark from Gavel House. Yeah, it's on Gavel House, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she's up for auction. So yeah, maybe Ron, the biggest Ronnie? one they've ever sold. Yes, Kurt. Yep. I couldn't. I didn't catch you last week, buddy. But I wanted to ask you about Huseka on the Kenzo. I was out there on the Wednesday. Did you see it? The two-year-old, my sing, not a single doubt. Yeah, I, I did see it. I wasn't there. Um, yeah, it looks promising. Mm, that's what I thought. I've got to say, Ronnie. You know how after the major two-year-olds, you still got the late two-year-olds racing. For me, this has been the best late two-year-old season for ages. I can't remember a better two-year-old like after the majors have finished that have gone on to be good late two-year-olds. There's been so many. I mean, I, and I'm talking or every state, not just here in Sydney and Melbourne. I, what did, did you, have you ever had a thought about that? Oh, no, geez, uh, Chris Wallace been, has produced a lot of good late two-year-olds over Brisbane carnivals over the last 10 years, so we've seen a lot of them. Uh, the time for me is early, you know, the rosebud. I'd like to see them all come back as early three-year-olds. So. Oh, without, without a shadow. But I yeah. mean the dregs, Ronnie, the two-year-old dregs, they're not dregs anymore to me. This season, they're just guns. They're, you know, obviously going to be better for the runs than better three-year-olds. I just, I found it's great late two-year-olds, that's all. Yep, uh, each to their own. I think um, it's 
there's different stages of educating young horses. Some have, you know, trained up to to react as as early two year olds on slipper paths and whatever, and champagne stakes and size produce, and then you get the the second wave coming through uh, that go that the trainers hold back that think they might need six months later, and you see them at the you pop up over the Brisbane Carnival, and then well, we might even see some over winter that uh, might might come up that have had little setbacks or have been a little bit immature. So. They all have their time, and then they, once they turn three, uh, we'll, we'll see how they stand. Yeah, and don't forget these two boys, because I believe this is the last punters post-mortem, but um, Amazing Grace, the German Oaks, Pretty Diana, on the 1st of August, 10 to 1 when I gave that tip out, boys, and on the 24th of August, <laughs> the Nunthorpe with Golden Pal there. And how's about Kieran Ma sending away game to the Breeders' Cup turf? Well, That's where Golden Pal's going as well. Jeezy's got dreams, eh, Dino? Yeah, he's uh, he has got global ambition. There's no doubt about. It. A bit like you, Kurt. Uh, so, uh, Jennifer Eccles, you've got till the 23rd of July to save up to buy a 23rd. How of... much do you reckon it should go for? Oh, he couldn't put a figure on it. Horse uh, of the year. It's hard to know. Yeah, but oh, I mean, the, she's she's a beautifully performed and she's a great looking mare. Rip Van Winkles have been a bit on the nose stuff, but uh, geez, she's a, hey, she's a well performed mare. Dino, you got one more. Go on. Dino, uh, this is it for a while. <laughs> this is your last one for a while, Curdy. <laughs> yeah, elusive Express, Anthony and Sam during the week, the two-year-old by Jackalbury, and no quarantine. I've been waiting for this to come back. Is it going to race? It just keeps getting scratched. Uh, the two-year-old you mentioned was a beauty winning at Cranbourne on Wednesday because she'll just get further. Uh, so uh, I like her. Yeah. And no quarantine. When did we last see uh, that horse? It hasn't raced... As you said, it's been scratched a lot. I can't remember when it last raced, Kurt. And you did it win last start? I'm typing it in as I speak. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's if it might be uh, yeah uh, on the market to go overseas. All right, thanks so much for that, uh, Kurt. All right, horses to follow, boys. Uh, we'll start with you, Dino. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, Jigsaw was the highlight probably of the day, uh, and. Uh, he won the two-year-old. He'll be really fit for a race like the um, the uh, Vane Stakes, so I'm happy to think he could be up and going and win a race like that. Fundraiser was very good in race eight, and Wicklow Town's a good wet tracker in race nine and can actually drop a lot in grade, so they're the three for me. Jigsaw, Fundraiser, Wicklow Town. Yeah, just a, cu- just a couple from me. It's hardly the time of year you want to be getting too cocky, but uh, I think uh, that Kiwi... Uh, our intrigue out of race four, mm. uh, just a bit aggressive and five weeks between runs and probably coming over to Chris, he'd probably getting a feel of her. She'd only had one soft trial up in distance and she was just too fresh. So I think there might be improvement to come from her and the, the filly in the last is uh, quite a nice filly, Madam Legend. She uh, was very good at her first prep. We thought she was way above average. Then she had a flat prep last time and the way she trialled and resumed there on Saturday, she's uh, she's back in business. Mate, um, in relation to uh, the next couple of weeks, are you guys going to be having a little break uh, on Racing HQ? We're still going to continue a, a bit of a, a winter edition, I think, of Punters Postmortem, and we'll still review the Sydney races. But, gentlemen, thanks for all your efforts over the season. Uh, what, what was your highlight of the racing season, Duff? Well, good question. Um, there's been so many highlights. So, you know, I, I just I think the carnival all went across pretty well. I think 
Yeah, as far as being an absolute standout, I haven't thought of that, to tell you the truth. Dino, to put you on the spot. Uh, well, I had a personal involvement with uh, the winner of the Melbourne Cup being uh, a good friend of John McNeil's with uh, Twilight Payments, so that was certainly uh, the highlight for me, uh, nearly a, a uh, career highlight, so it was uh, wonderful to see him win that race. And um, I know I can't ask Glenn Munsey this, but he has just sent me a text message. He's, uh, he's in Geelong at the moment. Um, he's in ISO, uh, waiting some COVID test results. He's listening this morning, and no doubt he's got a little smile on his dial. Yeah. So uh, stay safe, Glenn. Uh, you boys stay safe as well. Dino, uh, Duff, thanks for joining us and helping us out uh, with Punters Postmortem for this first part of the season. And we'll be back uh, for those big group races, and the spring will be here before you know it, gents. Yep, for sure. Looking forward to it, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Duff. Thanks, Dino. And also to Glenn listening. And to all the callers as well that gave us a call. As I said, we're going to continue to review show. We're going to have uh, some new guests, etc., on Mondays throughout the winter period. And we'll still have the phone lines open. You'll be able to ask uh, those form experts some question. It'd be like a bit of a winter version of Punters Postmortem. And then uh, the uh, the main crew will be back, as we said, for those, uh, the big spring ahead. It's going to be an absolute beauty. It's three minutes past ten o'clock. Only one meeting in New South Wales today. And a stack of changes, obviously, uh, jockey-related. We'll have Hill and Sinclair join us and Priscilla Schmidt after this.